So if you could choose a one-word goal uh, to achieve in your life, what would that one-word goal be? What's your one word? What would you select to be your one-word goal? If there was a word that could represent your character, uh, your nature, what one word would you want to be ushered at your funeral? Oh, there you go. That just brings some gravity to it, doesn't it? Right? What word? Well, you know, there are some words on the street, and maybe these are yours too. Uh, I, I, I want somebody to say that I'm successful, right? Or how about this? I, I just want to be known as happy, you know, that he was a happy, happy person. Uh, maybe this, you want to be known as a traveler, a world traveler, influential. What is the one word goal that you wish to achieve in your life? What this one word that would represent, like I said, your character, your nature, and summarize uh, what you stand for in your life. What would that one word be? As a follower of Jesus, and if you have not picked up on this yet, at Ipsy Free, we love God, love all people, and we follow Jesus with great intention. As a follower of Jesus, if you are that today, uh, well, I believe that if you, you might want to choose this word we're going to be talking about in just a few moments. So if you would, Ty Anderson is going to read our passage this morning. Please stand to honor the reading of God's word. Good morning. I will be reading from Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag. To, um, excuse me, <laughs> each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, 
you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ty. Well, when our life here transitions to eternity... Uh, and uh, I believe, we believe as uh, free Methodist and biblically sounded people that we have two different directions to go. Not multiple directions, but two directions to go in eternity. One is to hear this, well, well done, my good and faithful servant. I would argue that even if you're not a follower here this morning, uh, that you're considering the claims of Christ, I would argue that you would probably want to hear those, those words ushered to you. Let's pray as we tackle this topic, the one word we want to hear. Uh, Father, we ask today that by the power of your spirit and the truth of your word that you would stir within us, empower us to be faithful to you in all that we do. We pray this to our Savior, Jesus. Amen. So we have been talking about areas of our life where we're going to pre-decide, decisions we're going to pre-decide about, uh, certain areas and actions that uh, we're going to pre-decide before we're in the middle of our emotions in the situation. You ever been there? Everything just starts to slide uh, north or south, depending on how you feel about it, right? It just... It's not good when you're in the midst of it and you're trying to make those decisions. And so we, as a followers of Jesus, those who love him, we're going to pre-decide what we're going to choose, where we're going to go, what we're going to focus on. And for the last few weeks, we've been focusing on just a few areas of pre-deciding in. Uh, we're going to be ready uh, because ready people uh, are generally people who are consistent people, people that are consistent are generally devoted people. Uh, devoted people uh, see the benefits of generosity, not just giving. And generosity, well, you know, uh, out of that, we're going to talk about today faithful. And next week, we're going to be people who not just are faithful, but are people who finish what we start. So today, I'm deciding, uh, we're, that I'm deciding that we're going to be faithful. I am going to be faithful. Can you say that? I am going to be faithful. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, just an occasion I happened to be riding in the back seat behind my mom, and uh, a, a, a young lady who happened to be now my sister-in-law, and my mom said to my sister-in-law, you know, when a glide decides, they don't change their mind. 
When a glide decides, they don't change their mind. I just sat behind them. It's kind of like what I remember hearing John Maxwell say about his parents. When he, before he walked out the door, he would get this little, little pep talk. And if you don't know John Maxwell, that's okay. But he would say this. He'd say, Maxwell's, and he, they would fill in the blanks, are faithful, honoring, trustworthy. They would just continue. And it was kind of the same impact as I sat behind my mom. I'm like huh, this is interesting. I've never heard this before. But yeah, I know. I watch my dad every day. He's, he's, he's faithful. And when he decides, he's going to do it. And that's, that's an impact, right? So when we declare, this is my point, when we declare out loud, not just in our head or write it down on paper, when we declare out loud in, to ourselves, not really to anybody else, what starts to happen is we start to change from the inside out. Did you know that? You know, that's why when athletic teams, the coaches actually have you yell out what they want. Why? Because then it seeds itself in a different place. It seeds itself. So when I ask to say I'm faithful or those type of things, it's really about this idea of formation of our hearts. It's a formation of our minds. It's a formation of our actions and behaviors after Jesus. It's just a great thing. So why would we pre-decide we're going to be faithful? Why would we do this? Because no one ever accidentally is faithful. Now, I know we've used that phrase on all of these last few weeks, but it's true. No one is accidentally faithful. It doesn't happen that way. We wish that it did, though, don't we? We wish that it did. In Habakkuk 2.4, it says this, Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are, can you read it? Crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Oh. He said, look at the proud. All right, without fingers pointing and elbows jabbing or anything like that, do you know somebody who's proud? They trust in themselves, and Scripture says they're crooked what do they do? They trust in their own wisdom. They trust in their own knowledge. They trust in their own righteousness, their self-righteousness. They trust in their own goodness. And they trust in their own bank account. They trust in their own abilities. They trust in themselves. The proud are crooked, but the righteous will do what? They will live by their faithfulness to God. Uh, look at that. Look at the proud, he says. This is, this is the declaration, though, right? I'm often proud. <laughs> and none of you are laughing or joking because you know it's true, right? Yeah, I'm often proud. I'm one who thinks, you know what? I can just do this on my own. If I just hunker down you know, I can do this. I can muscle it through. I can willpower it through. As we've talked about, though, willpower wanes quickly. Willpower wanes quickly. But we can, as I've already said, we can declare intentionally to not be proud. We can declare that we're going to be faithful to God, that we're going to live into the righteousness that he calls us into, that he actually gives to us. So how do we practically live that out? If uh, you would have asked me a while back, 
would have said, well, you know, faithfulness is not cheating on your wife or your husband. It's not cheating on your taxes. Um, it's, it's simply being a good person. And all of that is probably true. But the interesting thing, when you start to categorize how Jesus talked about faithfulness, he talked about it in three different areas. He talked about it in the way that we, uh, faithfulness with people, faithfulness in stewardship, and faithfulness in response to God. In response to God. In resp- he talked to, talked to us about those areas. So we are going to predecide. We're going to predecide in three different ways. That every interaction, if it's about people, every interaction is an opportunity to add value. To add value. Uh, we're going to predecide that every resource is an opportunity to multiply. Every resource, an opportunity to multiply. And every prompting, an opportunity to what? To obey God. Obey God. Now, let's just talk about every interaction as an opportunity to add value. If we're going to be faithful, we need to pre- pre- predecide that we're every interaction with every person that we have is going to add value. What does that mean? That wherever you go, whoever you walk into, uh, whoever walks into you, that means that you're going to bless them, that you're going to add value to their life. You're going to speak life into them. It's an opportunity to be life-giving the way that the Lord has made us. We're going to predecide that every opportunity is to show the love of God, to love all people all the time and bless their lives. And the reason we're going to predecide is because, as we've said, we don't accidentally do this. We have to predecide. How many of you uh, have ever looked at a photo, and you're in. How many of you have ever looked at a photo that you're in, ever? Oh, good, I'm glad. Who's the first person you notice in the photo? Oh, yeah, and what makes the photo a good photo or a bad photo? Yeah, you do. Uh, talk about self- selfishness. <laughs> right there. It's the, I mean, I'm, I'm the same way, you know, we, Oh, kids' weddings, you know, you look at it and go, oh, my tie's crooked, or my shirt's, uh, right? It just speaks into this that we're, we're so self-focused that it's hard to bring value to the people around us. We start to think that everything is directed to us, and it's about us. Ever been in those modes? Man, it's a crazy-making situation, sometimes outside of our heads, but inside of our heads, we start to go careening, don't we? Been there? Maybe you're feeling it right now. Like, how did he know? How did he know? Right? We have an interaction with people, and we're like, oh, I wonder, I wonder, how they, what, I wonder if they like me. I, I wonder if, if I said the right thing. I mean, we start to just overanalyze every interaction we have because we're, we're self-absorbed and selfish, not life-giving. It's amazing. It is amazing, isn't it? Right? 
So Ephesians 4 says this. Paul writes this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, we could add, because we were just talking about it, he may say that comes out of your mouths, but it's already in your head, right? But the, really the part that we want to focus in is on this. But only that is, that, is, that is helpful for building up others according to their needs. I mean, to be faithful to God, you're going to add value to the people you're around. In other words, when you walk in the room, the climate improves because you're there. Have you ever thought about that? Right? I mean, so uh, Old Testament, New Testament, maybe a different way to think about it. Old Testament, God stayed in the tabernacle or the temple. New Testament, fire falls at Pentecost. He says, now you are the tabernacle embodying my spirit if you're a follower of Jesus and that everywhere you go, you have the choice to bring in the beauty of Jesus, to add the value. So everywhere we go, we have this wonderful opportunity to to raise the climate in the room. So let's consider this, because if Jesus is is uh, is really the one we want to look towards, not everyone else, like I'm better than they are, you're looking around and thinking, oh, I'm pretty good. All right, let's take it to Jesus. Let's ask him, Jesus, what, what, did, what did Jesus, how did Jesus treat people? Think about the words he says. When the disciples were probably worried, what did Jesus say? Well, you, you, you better be worried because the world's going in the toilet. You know, did you, did you go into the office today? Man, it's the water coolers, just the buzz with... You know, I mean, he, he didn't do that. Did you read the news? He doesn't say that at all. What does he say? He redirects their attention, their minds, and their affections he wants to him. Right? Do not worry because my heavenly father takes care of what? The birds of the air. You worry about what you're going to eat? Don't worry. Don't worry. He's got gotcha. you. Somebody was waiting on us the other day at the restaurant, and they said, I got gotcha. you. I looked at Kathy after, she, after this guy left, and I was like, wow, I've never heard, I don't think I've heard it that way before. And she's like, that's reassuring. You know, I got gotcha. you. I'll take care of you. Right? But God does have us, right? Think about when the woman was caught in the sin of adultery. I mean, think about this. What did Jesus say? You pathetic person. No, 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 no. Jesus said, with great love, I believe in his eyes. Where, after he wrote in the sand, where are your accusers? Right? They dropped their rocks. They walked away. And she said, there are none. And I believe with love in his heart, because God is love, he says, neither do I accuse you. Now listen to what he does continue to say. Neither do I condemn you. Go your way. Don't sin anymore. Just go 
and live in righteousness and be free. Oh, man. What words, what value added in a situation that we go, okay, what do we do? What do we say? What do we say? He said it. When Peter, think about this, denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times, what did, what did Jesus say? Well, you're canceled. Can't trust you anymore. What did Jesus do? Say, hey, 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 P- Peter, do, do you still love me? Well, Jesus, you, you know that I love you. Then go feed my sheep. Wow. I mean, every place that Jesus went, every interaction he did, he brought value to it. You too, as an embodiment of, of Jesus on earth, God on earth with skin on, you have the wonderful opportunity to show the love of God. You have the wonderful opportunity to build others up. You have the wonderful opportunity to, to live, you live in grace to give grace. Wonderful opportunity to demonstrate how mercy changes the trajectory of somebody's life. You. So every, opportun- every interaction, an opportunity to add value, and every resource, an opportunity to multiply. Remember Genesis, uh, what he placed on humanity, Adam, on humanity, right? Second way that we choose to be faithful, and he speaks about this in multiple ways, is we're going to predecide that every resource is an opportunity to multiply. That every resource is an opportunity to multiply. As was read in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus told a parable of a man who went on a journey, right? And trusted his wealth to his servants. Here, I gave it to you. He gave bags of gold, one uh, out. Five bags of gold. One guy he gave two, and the other guy he gave one. Right? And the first two come back, and they have multiplied on their return on what he had given them. And his master says to him in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. You multiply what I have gave you and in the kingdom of God, that is called faithfulness. That is called faithfulness. In fact, this word in the Greek, some of us will like this, but we have to we understand where it's coming from. It's this word called is pistos, and it's anchored in uh, just regular culture, but it's anchored around this, this thought, this definition of persons who show themselves faithful in the transactions of business or the execution of the commands, or the discharge of official duties, that when it's been given to them to do, they do what has been asked of them. They are faithful to the charge before them. It's beautiful. One of the ways that you and I can be faithful uh, and multiply is that if God gives you an ugly yard, I mean, as simple as this, he gives you an ugly yard, you make your yard beautiful. You, You just become a steward of that yard. Uh, you may drive a, a, a hoopty, a clunker of a car, but you know, you can, you can have the cleanest clunker on the road, right? I mean, show that you're grateful for what God has given to you. That's multiplication. 
God gave you a body, and you take care of your body. It's, it's called the stewardship of his resources. Let's say you're in business. You become faithful in that business. At times, some Christians, some followers of Jesus who are in business almost feel like they're second-class citizens. You may not think this, but they can because they don't feel like they're maybe in ministry or that they're so involved because they own and it consumes them. But one of the God-honoring things we can do as people who are business owners is one, to live to what God says about those, but that you become a business owner that is vastly different than those around you, that you become different. Uh, You show grace and mercy. You multiply what God has given you. You create jobs that are around integrity. You say what you're going to do, and you do what you're going to say, right? Even if you're not in business, I mean, you, you can... You can multiply all that you have in grand ways. I mean, whether you're reading or fasting or working, I mean, you have the ability to multiply what God has given you for his good and his glory. At Ipsy Fee, we we try, we we attempt to be passionate about stewarding God's resources well. And when you give, and you give generously, we attempt to manage them so that they, they lead us to do some things that are possible inside of what you give. It is incredible. Let me just share with you one of the things that, has, that we try to do, or that is part of our budget that we look at on a regular basis, is that our budget attempts to increase when it comes to ministry and mission every single year. We attempt to lower our overhead and our maintenance so that we can give more to those areas. While this may not be depending on your budget and how you think about things, I can tell you that every year that I've been here, we've attempted to increase this incrementally and then create opportunities out of it. So in, st- in our missions and strategic ministry, we have budgeted $87,000 that goes out that goes towards ministries, that goes towards missions in order to advance the kingdom of God. And then there may be some other sliver spaces of other areas that you would, you would qualify or quantify in that. But we attempt to try to utilize what is given in a way that stewards the building and our expansion of the kingdom. It is wonderful to be on a team of people who have this mindset to give. To give, it is wonderful. Then in the story, there's this one guy with one bag, and he was afraid. Uh, We we can almost feel for this guy because, well, I can, because there have been times that I've been afraid that I would make a mistake, that I'd make the wrong step, that I would do something wrong with somebody else's, yours, your resources, to direct in a way that made me uh, not well, but it so caused fear in him that he did not do anything with what was given to him. And this is what it says, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. 
And his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Here's what I want you to see in here. What I also maybe want you to feel, if you can, the one who multiplied what was given by the master, they were called faithful. They were called faithful. And the one who buried it was called lazy. Scripture says, and we just read, that he was wicked. So we want to be a people who follow after Jesus, predeciding to be faithful by adding value to every interaction and every resource that God has given to us for his kingdom's work. And lastly, that every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Uh, I don't know if you know Paul, Saul, to Paul's story very well, but Saul was uh, evangelizing and uh, moving his way on several different missionary journeys. And one of these missionary journeys you'll find in Acts chapter 20. Um, He states this, And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. A little bit later in this, I believe in in Acts, we find out, uh, not through Paul, but somebody else who grabs a hold of his belt and says he's never going to return again. I think Paul had uh, kind of... uh, some intuition that as he was on his journey that his life was going to come to a, a, an abrupt end eventually, that as he moved his way to Rome, but he said, I, I don't know what's going to happen to me, but the Lord has prompted me to go, so I am going to go. I, I, I can't understand it. I don't know the details, but I'm prompt, being prompted. When you follow Jesus, when you listen for his Spirit's voice in your mind and your heart and in many other ways he will prompt you to do things that you don't really make any sense i cannot count the the many times that i have been in my office and somebody i've they've rung through it could be late at night or someday when they don't even think i'm going to be here they'll they'll ring through and they'll say oh i was just going to leave a message but i'm glad you're there And so I have this opportunity, this wonderful opportunity to to pray with them. Or maybe this has happened to you. You've shown up somewhere and said, hey, do you need some help? Right? Those promptings, right? You pull over or pull around and you realize, oh, that, that, that was a prompting from the Holy Spirit to be in the right place at the right time and to do the kingdom's work in that in that time. Those, sometimes you see the results from, especially when you're helping to change a tire, right? Or you're doing something in a, in a way that helps to, that is manifested in the moment, that you see the results in the moment. But there are often many times, and I believe that one of our ministries involves ourselves in this on a regular basis, community meal. We pray around a table of people that sometimes gather and never return. But they gather and then they have us, they speak things that we pray into and we pray with the anticipation that the Lord will speak and through them. But we don't know that. But when the Lord prompts, we want to respond. See, underlying 
this, and we sang about it, we, we actually read about it, excuse me, a few minutes ago, is this idea of obedience, that Jesus was obedient to the cross. So this is the spiritual principle behind the prompting, every, every uh, uh, prompting an opportunity to obey God, is obedience is our responsibility, outcome is God's, not ours. Uh, obedience is our responsibility, outcome is God's. This is faithfulness lived out. Sometimes you'll see the reasons. I mean, they'll be apparent before you, and other times they won't be. But as followers of Jesus, we're going to pre-decide to be faithful, and that means that, that we are going to listen to every prompting and respond to every prompting, prompting to obey God. Every prompting. Uh, that prompting that says, hey, go talk to that person you don't, you don't know. And just start to speak, and I'll give you the words. In faithfulness, faithfulness can be a long journey, isn't it? Faithfulness is a long journey that sometimes does not always yield what we anticipate. Gary Walter says this, we will overestimate what we can do in the short run, but will vastly underestimate what God can do through a lifetime of faithfulness. You bored with faithfulness? Please don't be. There's excitement around living for every opportunity that comes your way to stepping into knowing that you're expanding the kingdom, that fruit is growing sometimes where you can see and sometimes where you can't see. It's it's an opportunity to, to plow through and see the beauty on the other side of what may be painful in the moment in faithfulness. God's going to give you a thousand points of faithfulness. A thousand points. I mean, you think about the, the, every day that you live, how many decisions do you have that allow you to be faithful to, to his kingdom, to the king who calls you uh, faithfulness to obey God in your marriage and dating, and that, doesn't, that means how you speak, how you see, how you respond. Faithfulness in your business and your vocation and, and your, your calling. How are you going to live into bringing the kingdom into your office space to those colleagues and the prompt, faithfulness and the promptings from the Spirit. When it, you and I, as we love and follow Jesus in the little things, God will entrust us with more. Remember, Habakkuk 2.4 says this, Look at the proud, they trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by faith. By faith. So every interaction, an opportunity to add value, every resource, an opportunity to multiply, and every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Uh, let's go back and think about every interaction, an opportunity to add value. Many of us know our calendar into this week, our agenda for the next week. Who is it that you're going to encounter? How is it that the Lord may use you to add value to their lives? How is it that he may add value 
to their lives. Every resource and opportunity to multiply. What, what resources has the Lord given you? How is it that he wants you to multiply them for his goodness in the kingdom to show your faithfulness to what he has granted you? Every prompting an opportunity to obey, every prompting is an opportunity to obey. Maybe over this last week you can think of those, those moments in which you, you were prompted and hesitation snuck in, fear snuck in, courage was defeated in the moment over the love that God wanted to give somebody else because we were self-focused, self-concerned. As we move towards closing this message, I want to remind you that obedience is your responsibility, is my responsibility. That outcome is God's, that we have the wonderful opportunity to pre-decide to be faithful in these areas. Don't underestimate a lifetime of faithfulness, a lifetime of faithfulness. Let us pray. Father, make us faithful. Make us faithful. In fact, I, I ask Holy Spirit, I ask Lord that you would send your Holy Spirit in to, to give us the great desire to be faithful to you and to your kingdom first and foremost. We're reminded in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom and your righteousness, that we may be found faithful in seeking you first. Stir within us, God, a desire to honor you, to be a blessing, to be faithful, to be a steward, to be obedient. Lord, stir in us how we hunger for maybe faithfulness to others. Remind us how we desire to be faithful. We want faithfulness from others, but Father, we have your faithfulness that trumps all others and that we can live into being faithful to you by the power that you give to us by the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we ask that you would stir in us a faithfulness, a faithfulness to your kingdom, a faithfulness to you relationally, a faithfulness to you in in the community of faith in which we have granted ourselves. But even as I, as I have talked about faithfulness and we've walked through this idea and concept of faithful, there are many of us in this room, Lord, who we, we may not feel like we've been faithful this week. We've fallen short. In fact, in this moment, we feel incredibly guilty because we have been, uh, well, we've been concerned about ourself and not concerned about you and your kingdom and living into the faithfulness. Yep, there's a power in the truth of Scripture about your son, Jesus, Father, and we thank you for that. We thank you that your son's life, his death, and his resurrection is all so that we could live, live in ways that we are not yet, but we can when we're connected with him, when we're following him. Thank you. 
this morning, maybe you're one that needs to ask for God's, for God's forgiveness. You need to confess to God. Just know that God is faithful. That he's, he's always there. He's, for, he's faithful to forgive us from our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that his grace, this gift, is, is, is just one response from you away into a relationship that would be honoring to him and f- <laughs> fulfilling for you. So simply call out in the name of Jesus. If you're a follower this morning and you realize that you have been faithless in your following, pray to Jesus. You you. You know, you know how to confess. For those of you who are here this morning that may have never made a decision to follow Jesus, pray with me. This prayer that's on the screen. It's a simple prayer. What I ask and what Jesus desires and what the Lord desires is that you pray with sincerity, authenticity. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you, the faithful one, in Jesus' name.